This is the word to stand on for life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Your word is sharper than any two-edged sword. And it cuts deep into my heart. The word to stand on for life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. to the show. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas, and this is the Word to Stand On for Life, a radio program dedicated to taking your phone calls and answering your Bible questions or life questions, and as you know, on Thursdays, any question, because Paul is so smart, she knows the answer to everything, so whatever's on your heart or mind, all you have to do is call us. You can dial 210-340-9585. That's 340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call us toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, that's 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com. Or you can use our free Calvary Chapel mobile app and send in your questions to us that way. If you're driving in your car on this very cold day, you can uh, most safely do it by using the free KSLR mobile app. Just put the hit the call now button at the top of the screen and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Our main number one more time is 340-9585. Paul, it's date day? Yep. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I think this is going to be a good show because it wasn't very long ago. It didn't look like we were going to have a show. Our servers were down and we couldn't make any connection. And we do this program over the Internet line. And so um, I think God intervened because he said, no, Paul has something to say. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Not only am I. The most beautiful girl that you didn't say again. Oh, What's up, Pastor Ron? I, the show just started. Okay, well, that's how you started. <laughs> Your brain is frozen, right? Okay. Yes. Oh, go ahead. Come on. Okay. I'm in studio live with the most beautiful girl in Texas. Uh-huh. And you also said the smartest, too. She has the answer to everything. And I do. You know why? I'm a kindergartner. And every question is, the answer to every question is, I know, I know, I know. Call me, call me, call me. Jesus. And so, <laughs> I am your girl today. <laughs> I, just, I just did, as you know, I just did chapel on Monday with the younger kids. Yeah. Uh, this time, you had the older kids. Yes. And, and, and I had the younger kids. And that is not my wheelhouse. <laughs> and so, I'm asking questions, one, to get their participation stuff. Mm-hmm. And the hands go up. Yeah. And there were a whole bunch of Jesus. Yes. It's Jesus? Yeah. I say, well, it's Jesus, but that's not the question that I ask. And so next time you're doing the little kids, because you're one I, of them. I only did what Pastor Will told me to. He he put me with the bigger kids, and I thought, ooh, maybe I'm growing up a little bit. So 
it, it worked out okay. But so while we're waiting for some phone calls, why don't you tell me what's on your heart today? Okay. Well, you know, for the last couple of weeks, Pastor Ron, we've been trying to talk about how good God has been to us since we, you know, came to San Antonio. So um, last week or so. You know, I'm getting all nostalgic because in May it'll be 25 years. Yeah. And I thought I started too late. I'd never make 25 years. Yeah. So that's why we've been talking about mm-hmm. this. Just, mm-hmm. just we look back at the things that God has done. It's just amazing. Yeah. And you were so cute last night uh, when you were uh, introducing Psalm 19. You were talking about God helps us to see how, you know, once you were blind, but now you can see. And we're all going, you can't see. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good about? thing I'm not sensitive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're always talking about, and my my wife, my Paula, she she drags me from this place to another place. And yesterday at the gym too, you were coming to say goodbye to me. I didn't know if you saw that that pole with the big uh, weight on it, and I was like, Hoo-yo! and so anyway, you saw it, okay? But that you do have great spiritual vision, and that you are praying, Lord, help me continue doing what you've called me to do, and you know, even as you are introducing the show, even when I'm at home, I can hear your smile in your voice because this doing this radio program is something that you were born to do. Me, on the other hand, I was kind of dragged into it by you. But, um, well, keep, uh, keep your thought process. Okay. We don't want to keep people waiting on the line. We've okay. got John from Cibolo calling on line one. John, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Thank you very much, Pastor. Um, I have a couple questions. I think about this every year. I try to read through the books, through the Bible every year. And when I get to Leviticus, I always wonder why are there so many laws and regulations that today's world, they seem kind of petty. And yet it was so easy for the Jewish people to be defiled and have to present offerings to to get clean and it, some of these laws and regulations seems to make women like a second-class citizen and then my other question is are there any Jewish congregations today that still try to live by these laws and regulations from the Old Testament times Ooh, good questions John thanks a lot I'll do my best to answer them uh, let me d- take the second one first b- because um, uh, wherever you find Orthodox Jews, um, you will find Jews who are really in their own strength doing the best they can to keep the law. Let me tell you a very quick story, John. I was in, Paul and I were in uh, Costa Mesa, California. We were at a conference and um, uh, we we were staying in a hotel. And, and I, it, it just slipped my mind, but it was during one of the Jewish uh, f- feasts. And uh, the, the Friday night... Uh, Friday, actually, Friday afternoon, um, we started seeing all kinds of these Orthodox Jews coming in the hotel, and, and I didn't really think anything of it. Well, the next morning, of course, would have been the, the Jewish Sabbath, and I came out of my hotel room, was going down to uh, 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 get some breakfast, and there were probably 20 or so Orthodox Jews uh, waiting at the elevator. And so I said, um, going down? And they looked at me and said, well, we, we can't push the button. We're waiting for someone to push the button. Could you push the button for us? 
And uh, so then I knew what was going on. So I pushed the button, the door opened, and I went into the elevator first, got way in the back, and we all were in there. And uh, I, I thought, now I'm going to have some fun with this. So um, at the when we got down, we're just waiting for it to open, and I'm waiting for all those people. But but when it would stop under the floor, they couldn't push the button. And they were trying to keep the law. I tell that story, John, because that's really what they're trying to do. And, of course, they're not keeping the law at all. So um, that's the, the point of Leviticus. The point of Leviticus and all of those laws is to, to demonstrate that the only way to approach God is to be perfect. And that the multitude of those laws showed them the absolute foolishness of even trying to keep the laws. So... Um, that's the reason, you know, the whole book of Leviticus, John, and, and I will admit it is um, drudgery to get through. Uh, we do it, and, and I would suggest when you read Leviticus, you read Hebrews with it, because it kind of gives you a New Testament counterpart to the book of Leviticus. But um, the, the idea there is simply that God hates sin, because sin causes separation from him. And all those laws, God's simply saying, this is how good, how um, um, specific you have to be in keeping every single letter of the law. And in fact, John, Jesus raised the stakes when he started uh, on the Sermon on the Mount. He said, you've heard that it was said, but I say unto you. In other words, you know what the law is, but I'm going to go beyond the law and into the spirit behind the law. And that's the whole idea. Jesus is simply saying, uh, I hate sin. And the reason I hate sin is because it separates you from me. And um, we need to be aware of our sin. And that, of course, was the purpose of the law. Uh, your question about women is interesting. Um, uh, we say the law makes women second-class citizens, or, or you said sort of seems like it does. Uh, but remember, in the, in the ancient world, God is a realist. In the ancient world, women were second-class citizens. They didn't have any standing, not just... Um, um, Jewish women, but women uh, in in every people group. And so God was dealing with women uh, the way the world was. And remember, the whole point of giving the law to Israel was to make them different from the pagan peoples around them. So uh, just keep reading it. God will bless the fact that you're kind of soldiering your way through it. Uh, at the same time, um, remember that God's overriding message uh, in the book of Leviticus is get I just hate sin. I hate it. So thank you, John. I appreciate it, the call very, very much. Three four zero ninety five eighty five. Okay, Paula. And just because I, you know, talking about how smart I am or you know, that kind of stuff, but I, I'm so glad I'm a New Testament Christian. Don't live in those days because Jesus has um made women very equal. You know, again, there's two roles that we can't usurp authority over, and that's in the home and in church. But other than that, we have been liberated, and um, I'm just really thankful. Women never would have been liberated had it not been for Christ. That's exactly right. Um, he's the one that gave them standing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's neither Greek nor Jew, slave nor, you know, male nor female. We're, if we're in Christ, we are, we're all that. Yep. And so, um, so... I've been making a list, Pastor Ron. Um, I, you know, when we first got here, <clears throat> of course, to know for everybody, 
all the days ordained for us were written in the book before even one of them came to be. And so as we're going through our life, you know, I say this a lot, God already knew that was going to happen. You know, <laughs> um, but I remember the Lord, uh, we're, you know, we're poor and not knowing, you know, what's going to happen the next day. We already know that you're not supposed to get a work, get a job. You're supposed to work for Jesus and him alone. I don't know that for myself. You know, I know that for you, but I don't know what am I supposed to do? We got to eat, you know, kind of thing. And so I remember the Lord telling me so clearly when I was in the book of Ruth, don't go looking for work. It will come to you. You know, like, if you build it, they will go. <laughs> <laughs> so don't go looking for work. You're going to make me cry one of my favorite movies. Uh-huh. And so I just remember, um, okay, Lord, all right. And so one day the apartment manager people came to our, our door, our apartment door, and asked me, we see that on your application, you put that you put down that you used to have a, a cleaning business before you came to Texas. Yes, I did. Well, um, we have some apartments that need cleaning, and the the normal lady, her husband, has taken ill, and and would you be willing to help out? No problem. We got all the supplies. She says, and if you could just here's what we expect, and I was like, I got that, and so that turned into a full time job because. Uh, seemed like every day or every other day they were coming knocking at my door to come and clean another one or two apartments. And so that turned into a job. And little do you know, okay, the Lord said, don't go looking for work. It will come to you. I remember uh, we didn't even know we had a need for a computer. And yet one day, the I don't know if it was UPS or... But before you move on okay. from the first story... okay. Um, tell about the guy who, who you, you put the, the bulletin in. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get to that, but I'll tell you that now. That's in my second category. Um, because in the in the uh, apartments that I was cleaning, uh, they let us, they let me put in our church bulletins. Remember those little baby blue uh, tri-fold <laughs> a, a bulletin? Bullet, yeah, it was a piece of paper folded. Yeah, it, <laughs> I don't even know how that happened. We had no money to be buying that kind of stuff, but... Somebody, I don't know, anyway. So I was able to put the little bulletins in the apartments as, you know, as I clean. And so one day this guy comes to the apartment. I told this story not too long ago on the radio. Oh, did you? Mm-hmm. And I remember his last name is Wright, W-R-I-G-H-T. I remember his first name, too, but I don't want to say it. Um, but he comes to the apartment and knocks on the door, you know. And this was one of those times when I was home at lunchtime all stinky and dirty and you know you could take your fingernail on my jeans and get the grit and grime off of them people leave apartments really filthy don't oh they? my goodness <laughs> some do really 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 bad and he says is is the pastor run on this paper here and i said yes he is he goes um i was about to commit suicide but it was like god said go see this man and so I just left the apartment and went on back to work and left you there with him. Um, yeah, so God is in control. You know, we need to just look for and listen for his directions. There's no coincidences, and he gives us many of opportunities, many opportunities if we will just kind of go with the flow, you know, says the Holy Spirit. You never know where it's coming, where it's blowing, and, but just be available. 
hear up, you know what I'm going to say? Just be with Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I re- we didn't have a need and, that we knew of, and all of a sudden here comes a computer. Who knows how to work a computer? So he sent Pastor Troy. Remember, Troy wasn't even, he wasn't a pastor then, but we had Troy who was taking care of stuff, and he knew how to put a computer together. <laughs> and he read all, he read all the instructions. <laughs> <laughs> and he put that thing together for us. Working for the apartment uh, complex, when people would abandon apartments, they let me take whatever they leave. It's on you, you know. If they, you can have whatever's there. So I remember we furnished our apartment. Uh, some of the stuff wasn't all that great, but it was better than what we had. <laughs> and dishes. Uh, I had clothes. Uh, it was just God says I'll I'll provide for you you know don't don't worry. We were given a baby. <laughs> People were like given a baby. How did that happen? <laughs> yeah, um, working for the apartment complex again. They were overwhelmed one day with so many people coming in to see apartments. And this one uh, woman uh, comes in and you can tell she's pregnant uh, and. They don't have anybody to show her the apartment. Well, they asked me if I would take her to show her the apartment. Said, of course I will. And uh, showed her the apartment, and it turns out she didn't have too many friends, and she had been um, shunned from her religious family because she wasn't going to you know, fellowship with them. She didn't want to have anything to do with them, and she never did as far as I know. She, didn't, she wasn't into Jesus either, but... She had this baby out of wedlock, and so she would come every prayer breakfast because we, we would feed her, and uh, we supplied everything for a nursery in her apartment for that baby. I took her to her doctor's appointments. I was took her to the hospital to have the baby, stayed there, and she comes home with this baby as cute as could be, Nicholas. He just cramped her style. <laughs> he cramped her style, and uh, she didn't have anybody to care for him, so uh, we did a lot of caring for him, and one day she just had it, and she said, she, she, it was the day after our dog died. In the crib, he's in the crib, she rolled him from her apartment to ours with every, all of his clothes, bottles, everything, and said, you take him. We had Nicholas for 17 days. And before the people came to adopt him. And so that was an awesome time. And that was a time when you were praying, God, is this a second chance? Yeah. I thought, you know, I, I, I think the audience knows my, um, my, I didn't raise my children to know the Lord. I didn't get saved till my kids were 18 and 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And, uh, or Ronnie was almost 18. And, um, I just I saw this little baby boy. He he was just the brightest little baby boy. Um, he, he 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 was on a, a schedule that I mean I knew it was seven o'clock because he was up. And when I'd walk out of the bedroom, we were in a one bedroom apartment. That that was our church. Mm-hmm. We're in a one bedroom apartment. I'd walk out of the bedroom, and he was already standing up uh, with his hands on the crib. And the moment he saw me, he broke into this biggest smile. And I thought, Jesus, are you giving me a second chance to raise a boy mm-hmm. to know you? 
And um, he shot that down pretty quick, the Lord did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he said, no, that's not. Mm-hmm. So we arranged an adoption, legal adoption with family out of California. Mm-hmm. And they came out and got him. And uh, 17 days we had him. Yeah. And what a, what a joy. What a joy. Uh, you were great. Because I still had to go clean apartments and stuff. And so you had him uh, during the days. We just Sometimes. played. Yeah, I know you did. <laughs> <laughs> and we would take him out and, and people would say, is this your baby? Well, no, but we wish he was, but no, you know. But it was it was fun. Nicholas, I wonder what he looks like and what's he doing now, huh? Well, It'd be kind of cool to find that out. That was 23 years ago, yeah. 23 and a half years ago, yeah. so. Amazing. Just the opportunities God gives. And then I think about kids' night, you know, because we had a young man who came from California who wanted to, you know, be a, a youth pastor, I guess you would call him. And he was he was doing pretty well for a while, but he's the one that you talk about every once in a while. You know, because once he went back, he, I guess he called and said, in order to be a pastor, do you have to like people? <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember I was in one of the back apartments of the complex, and I saw him drive by in his car with everything in it. He was leaving without, you know, telling you because uh, you know it's hard to I guess either disappoint you or look in your face when you said the Lord said mm-hmm. you know and that conviction yeah, was too hard for him so he left but we still had we still had kids night because we can't just abandon the kids so you had to do another study during the week um, when we didn't have any food remember we uh, I would give them popcorn and water or you know, <laughs> If somebody gave us the popcorn. These are crummy snacks. <laughs> <laughs> and then sometimes I would make cracker with crackers with jelly on them. <laughs> we were poor, baby. Yeah. And somebody was saying they were we, poor. We were poor. We yes. were poor. We couldn't even afford poor. the O-R. Yeah. We were poor. Uh, but that, uh, the, the, one of the new managers at the apartment complex, she had two kids, a boy and a girl. And uh, so... She started providing. She didn't even know. Well, maybe her kids told her, Mama, they just got crackers with jelly. <laughs> Can you help us out? I don't, I don't know how it happened, but she started providing snacks, you know, on on kids' night. Remember the donut shop? Yeah. There's a donut shop that, that everyone to you know, I, you have to go back a long time. On Pavica Road, where I used to walk with the Lord all the time, uh, there were no sidewalks or anything. Yeah. And for some reason, every day, and I mean every day, there was change on the side of the road. <laughs> so I'm walking, uh-huh. and I'm seeing all this change. And every day, if there was enough for a donut, yeah. I'd go in and get a donut <laughs> on my walk or my running times with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, you know, got friendly with the people there. And uh, uh, they knew what I did. And, and uh, they said, you know, you, you said you had some kids that would come there during the week. I said, yeah. And uh, he said, well, you know, we give away so many donuts. Why don't you come in every day about 4 o'clock or on, the, on that day, mm-hmm, about Tuesday. 4 o'clock, mm-hmm. and, and I'll give you the donuts that are left over. And I said, great. You should have seen those kids' faces when we brought in donuts for the first time. It was like, Eureka, Jesus did a miracle. <laughs> Praise the Lord. He is good. He is good. <laughs> oh, yeah, I definitely remember on the, on the good days, the kids could have, you know, a whole donut. And on the days when they didn't have that many left over, they would have a half a donut. But a donut's a donut, you know. <laughs> so it was awesome. And then that same manager who uh, was given the snacks before the uh, donut people, she was 
given me side jobs in the apartment complex. Her apartment first and foremost. Would you clean my apartment? And then uh, I cleaned somebody else's apartment. That was a, a side job. Just God says, I'll take care of you. Don't you worry. I'll take care of you. Um, but, yeah, that donut shop thing was, was cute. And, and then the sweetest one was when the Lord says to you, clean our apartment. She don't need to be cleaning anybody else's apartment. You clean ours, and and then not on date day. Yeah. So, you know, those are just some cute old ones. But God has been just so faithful. I mean, you talk about, we we mentioned this one, the time when the, the kids had their little offering box. This is here at our church now, at this place, not in our apartment. Um. And he said, Mama, I think God wants me to give all my money to the church. What do you think, about 60 bucks worth of change or something? Yeah, worth mm-hmm. And it was a wooden box on a table, metal table. Mm-hmm. So when he poured it all in from his jars at home, mm-hmm. um, it, it sounded like an earthquake. I mean, it sounded... It sounded like somebody was going to be hurt. Yeah. You know, when we come over here, what's going on, what's going on? It just, it really did sound like somebody was going to be hurt, like something fell through the ceiling or whatever, but... It and that's was. that's the same day, Paula, that somebody uh, that we'd never seen before gave us hundred thousand yeah. dollars, and we were we were about to have to close our doors. Yeah. It's just God doing things like that all mm-hmm. the time. So when we talk about looking back, uh, it, it's 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 not because we're afraid. It's it just God has been good and He's been faithful, and it's a promise that He'll continue to be faithful. We've got 30 minutes left in the Date Day Show. We'd love your live calls, 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. This is the Date Day edition of the Word to Send Them for Life. We'll be back in two minutes. If you have questions about the Bible, you can send them to Pastor Ron and he'll answer them on the air or reply directly to you. Email your questions to PastorRonKSLR at gmail.com. That's Pastor Ron, KSLR at gmail.com. Welcome back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the show, 340-9585 for your live calls and questions. We're reminiscing at the same time we're praising the Lord. Paula, it's your show. Okay, as we reminisce and praise the Lord, I was thinking, you know, Pastor Will, God, through Pastor Will, gave me the upper grades in our our, our, um, chapel uh, study was on spiritual gifts. You know, and as I was saying, when you open the, the show, you can hear your smile over. And when you're at the pulpit, um, I can't tell you how many times I've said this. This is what this man was born to do, you know. And uh, the special abilities that the Spirit gives each one, not all are pastors and teachers, but that's what you've been called to do. Um, and, uh, you know, we all believer or unbeliever, all gifted to do something. You know, we just lost Kobe Bryant. And he was gifted to play basketball. I mean, gifted beyond measure. 
um, God made him tall, you know, and agile and just very knowledgeable. But that's that's a gift that God gives. So he gives everybody gifts, and that's what I was talking about with the kids. And it was kind of a cool thing that I had the upper grades on that day because I was so um, touched because the first thing that always comes to my mind when things happen like this is, did he know Jesus? You know, I hope so. And then the second thing is, those who are left behind, it's like, oh, man. Now she's without her husband and one of her children. Lord, please use this, if they're not Christians already, to draw them to you, not farther away. Don't let them be so overcome that they're angry. And so, you know, I was with the kids. You could see um, the older ones, they really understood because, you know, one of the one of their daughters was just 13. And um, that's the age group of kids, for the most part, I'm talking to. And so, <clears throat> you know, before we were Christians, we were worshiping. It's more about stuff and money, and it's all about me, me, me. Um, but once we're Christians, there's a, a transfer that happens where, you know, we want to make sure Jesus is first and foremost. And so I was telling them, you know, we all are gifted in one way or another. For me, my gift is one of encouragement. Um, And so, you know, I was encouraging them as Christians, you know, let us fall more in love with Jesus, learn more about him, and be bolder in sharing our faith. And then um, the other side of, of encouragement is exhortation. If you're not a Christian, I'm exhorting you to become one because we will live either eternally in heaven with Jesus or eternally apart from him, and I don't want you to be there. I said, and they could tell I was I was sad. You can have that thing in your throat where you're still, you know, you, you're going to cry, but you don't want to cry, but you're going to cry because you can't help but cry. And, um, you know, I said, look how I've never met him. I've not even been in the same. Did I ever see him play in person? I don't even know. I guess maybe I did. We did. Um, But I don't really even know him, and I'm this upset. I know you kids. You get to hear about Jesus every single day. Don't let that become stale. Don't let that become a normal, you know, oh, yeah, Jesus, whatever kind of thing. No, because eternity matters. And so... um, I would be so upset if something happened to you and I wouldn't know where you were, you know. And you would be upset as well if you had the opportunity to tell others about Jesus. You have the treasure, and if you keep it to yourself, you'd feel horrible. And so I was encouraging them to to step up. Then, I, you know, I have to kind of lighten it up a little bit because in the Romans 12 um, part it says, and if it is giving, I said, giving. Anybody got a dollar? <laughs> it says, give generously. I said, anybody got two? Um, but then, you know, trying to help the kids lighten it up a little bit. But we've all been gifted some way to boast on and and invite others to Jesus. And so, don't be lazy with your gifts. I was hoping that 
they got it. So that was I I, I was I was kind of happy this time. First, I was intimidated because you know they know more than kindergartners, <laughs> <laughs> my people. Um, but I, I I think they really kind of understood. And then I tried to explain to them that the gifts given to us is so that are so that we can help each other. It's not for us to keep that gift. You know, I could say to myself in the mirror, go, Paula. You know, hey, yeah, you're the most beautiful. You're the smartest. you got all the answers. You are something else, girl. No. You know, God's given you the gift he's given you, you know, to go out on these airwaves to, to tell people, look, Jesus loves you. He wants to save you from your sin. He has a plan for your life. I know you've heard that before. Because you're not the first one that said that, Pastor Ron. They've heard it before. <laughs> but you are the one today, right now, from 4 to 5 o'clock, that, that tells them, look, Jesus loves you. He wants to free you from your sin. All you got to do is say, yes, yes, Lord. I want you to come into my life. I want you to be the Lord of my life and direct me in the right way to go. And by your Holy Spirit, I'll be able to. You're that voice today. Um, and so I pray that people will hear you want to help other people. Let's break for a phone call, Paula. We've got Zeke calling on line one from San Antonio. Zeke, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hey, Mama Paula. Hey, Pastor Hi, baby. How are y'all today? Good. Um, How are you? Oh, great. I was calling just because... I was reading in First Corinthians the other day, and uh, you know when you just come across some passages and they just give you the chills sometimes. <laughs> um, so, so I came across those. I just, but there was one verse that I really just been hanging on for days, and I'm not sure why. But before that, I did come across an article the other day that was talking about how Kobe and his daughter had attended church that. Sunday morning before the helicopter crash, so in my heart, I like to believe that they did know Jesus. Um, yeah, Zeke, did you, just let me, before you get to, to the verse, um, they were they were practicing Catholics. Um, we have no idea whether they were born again or not, but uh, they were practicing Catholics. Uh, Kobe was uh, born into a Catholic family, raised Catholic. Um, you know, Kobe had issues in his life. Uh, but uh, when he got married, he married a Catholic girl, and um, and and their commitment was to go to church together. So um, we'll see. We don't know. Yeah, all right. only only the Lord knows. Uh, mm-hmm. Um, but so the uh, there were, I guess there, there's several verses. It was First um, Corinthians eighteen through twenty five that really have just like have given me the chills. I guess it's verse 25 that I have really loved that said, for the foolishness foolishness of God is wiser than human wisdom and the weakness of God is stronger than human strength. I just thought that was great. Uh, I'm not really too sure if I have any good questions. Um, I just wanted to share that with y'all and interrupt your program. I'm sorry. (laughs) Um, No, I, I think that's great, Zeke. You know, when, when, when the Lord hits your heart with something like that, it's really important to chew on it. Not only does He want you to understand the passage, but He wants to, to give you a, a word from that passage. 
And I think if God gave me that passage, what I would be uh, really sort of meditating on is that there is no wisdom apart from God. And this, the world that we live in, you know, mocks Jesus and mocks those of us who follow him. And yet uh, he says, you know, that the message of the cross is foolish, just but they're perishing. Um, but it's different for those of us who are saved. Uh, the message is the power of God. And then he's asking you, I think, in verses 18 through 20, he's simply saying, don't depend on your own wisdom. God's ways are not our ways. They're infinitely above our ways. And what we need to do is, even when something that the Lord says to us doesn't make sense, we've got to trust that his plan is the the only plan that's going to end up where he wants it to end. And, and we just need to lay aside our human reasoning and then by faith follow him. And, um, um, you know, Zeke, we've been doing that here for uh, a whole bunch of years. It's one of the reasons I think Paul are going back on remembering some of the things that the Lord has been doing is so valuable um, because every step of faith that he asks us to take, none of it makes any sense. We don't have the means or the provision to, to take advantage of it. And yet we take that step of faith only because God said to, and then he opens the doors. I think too many of us are waiting for God to open the doors before we go. And God said, no, 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 I'm looking for people who will go when I say go. So I think, um, you know, just really praying and, and meditating on these verses and asking the Lord, why is, it, why is this so heavy in my heart? Uh, I, I think he's got a great message for you, Zeke. You there? <laughs> oh, I guess we guess we lost Zeke. I thought he was still there in the conversation. Thank you, Zeke. You know, it, for me, that, that scripture is saying uh, there's an urgency, just like I'm talk, I was talking to the kids. Look, the foolishness of the cross, it, it means it's a foolishness to those who are perishing. They're like, yeah, whatever, you know, uh, the cross, the cross, the cross. Um, people will say, well, could, wouldn't Jesus have done more had he had he lived? Why did he have to die? Um, but uh, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Looking at the cross, the power for me is I can I I need to humble myself. I can be a for, a better forgiver. I'm not great at it yet, but I can be a better forgiver when I consider the cross and what Jesus did for me. How dare I not, one, forgive myself, two, and how dare I not forgive another. But for the the message being foolishness um, to those who are perishing, because they just have no clue, um, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. And your message last night was just that in Psalm 19, verses 1 through 6 talking about skeptics and unbelievers. Um, but in those verses, God is telling everybody that they are without excuse. The sun rises in the east and it sets in the west. Who did that? Yeah, who did that? Um, the sun, you know, just, it's out there, whether, like you were t- saying last night, whether you see it or not, it's still light and there's still dark. So the sun had to come up, even though it's cloudy and rainy and stuff, it's still lighter than it is at night. So the sun is up there somewhere. Um, the, the fact that we can't see it, we know it's there. And, and uh, for me, metaphorically, Paul, as you know, the sun, um, when, I, when I go out of the house and look at the sun, look at the eastern sky, 
um, my first thing is good morning, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Good morning. And, and on those days where it's rainy and dreary and cold and dark, I say, Lord, I can't see you there now, but I know you're there. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a great way to approach our day. There's times when, when we don't feel the hand of God. We can't see where he's leading us. But the foolishness of walking with Jesus by faith is always rewarded because he's there, whether we see him or not. Mm -hmm. And all we have to do is believe. And instead of looking at all the circumstances around us, all we have to do is believe that God really is in control of these things, that he's got me, that he's walking with me. And there are times, Paula, when um, we all go through those, those quiet times with the Lord. You know, there's times when he's chatty and times when, when we get goosebumps all the time. But, but I think there's more times when um, we feel like, well, Lord, I know you're there. I can't see. I can't feel you. But I know you're there. And those are the times when God is the most pleased when we follow, when we keep doing what we're doing. You know, we, we take a step of faith, and we've done this so many times over our years here. Um, we take a step of faith, and instantly it looks like I made the wrong choice. Like, what was I thinking? This isn't working out. Look at the circumstances. We have a tendency to think that, well, if God's in this, it's going to be okay. Everything's going to be fine. And it, it isn't necessarily going to be fine. We're not going to have all the things that we need. And, and humans say, well, that must not have been of God. God is so pleased when we keep pressing on. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about just, you're making me think, when we, we were going to come to, you know, Texas, and we had that, that little pickup truck that we paid a dollar for. We were coming to Texas in that truck because that was our transportation. And the Lord knew that it had been cemented in our hearts that we were going to go. And he sent somebody to say, I'm not letting him go across the desert in that truck. So he took it and fixed it up. Yeah, we had a guy in the church there in California who was an auto shop teacher at a local junior college. Mm -hmm. And he took that truck to his students and they overhauled it. They fixed the brakes. They put air conditioning in it because it didn't have air. Yeah. Um, uh, that truck was d super dependable. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and we, they put new tires on it, new yeah. brakes on it. Yeah. So we were safe. It's just like God saying, I got this. Yeah. I got this. And, um, <laughs> you know, you, you thought God was going to give us a motorhome. <laughs> <laughs> Instead, I was really hoping. Instead, we got a $1 Chevy S10 pickup truck. Yeah. But the idea is, is okay, God, you said to go. I, I remember just before we're getting ready to leave. And I said, Paul, we don't have any money. I said, what are you going to do if we get in that truck, we've only got one enough money to fill up one tank of gas? What are we going to do? Mm -hmm. um, and you said... If we run out of gas, Jesus will meet us. Mm -hmm. That was the Holy Spirit speaking. That wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I just heard myself say that. But that, yeah, yeah. He, he will meet us. And God showed up for us. I mean, yeah. we, we certainly didn't come with any extra money. We had barely enough to keep our head above water. But, uh, but it worked. Yeah. So we got a couple calls holding. Let's go to Jimmy on line two. Jimmy, thanks for calling. You know, I love you. Hey, um, hi, how are you doing? I love you too, Jimmy. And we love you too. Oh, oh I was singing a song. Sorry. That's <laughs> okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, hey, uh, I, I don't read, don't read this, don't read this in, on on the radio. But there's, I was reading this this verse in the Bible in Judges chapter nineteen, verses twenty two to twenty six, 
came across it. Mm-hmm. What is the purpose of that? I mean, why are there's, you know, it's why it's about the Levite and the concubine. Concubines, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ooh, yeah. I just taught this, Jimmy. Yeah. Paul, Jim, Jimmy, I've been living with this for weeks now because Paula knew she was gonna gonna be finishing up the book of Judges. There's a couple things you have to remember about the book of Judges. The first is those last three chapters are not chronological in order. So okay. it's not like chapter not like chapter eighteen ended and then chapter nineteen, twenty, and twenty one were next. Um, um it, it, the theme of the book of Judges is men did what seemed right to them. And those last three chapters are thrown in there. Now, probably, and there's no way to determine exactly, but probably those incidents, the book of Judges takes uh, in a period of of about 400 years. And um, probably 200 or 250 years from before chapter 18 finishes uh, is when these incidents happen. And I think it's just the Holy Spirit's fingerprint on the word that says, you know, uh, I'm going to put the, say the the most horrible thing for last, and and I just want to leave people with the idea that when you do what seems right to you, these are the horrible things that are possible, and uh, the consequences that we all face and suffer, Jimmy, when we're not, um, we're, we're really not doing what God wants us to do, but instead doing what what we feel like doing. Um, there's no end to the evil that we can do in that book. Is, is just a proof of it. You know, Paula, uh, pa- Paula was really struggling with this, and I-, I told her, I said, don't let that throw you. The book of Judges, I think, is, is the most fun book in the Old Testament to teach. And it, the, the character studies are so rich, but then you you, you got to deal with that last end, and you say, were things really that bad? And yeah, people of God really were that bad. And the, the, the takeaway for all of us is that we're that bad, too, apart from Christ. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's about, Jimmy. Cool. Thank you. Um, You're welcome. I, I, told, I told my wife about how y'all came to Texas, and, you know, and I told her you bought a truck for $2, but you said a dollar, and she couldn't believe it. was a dollar. All right. Yeah. Take care. I know you have, you have another caller coming in. Thank you, Jimmy. God bless you. Let's go to Ray on line one. Ray, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hello, Pastor Ron and Precious Paula. <laughs> How you doing, Ray? It was good to I'm see you Sunday. Well, what? It was good to see you Sunday. Yes, you too. Likewise, right yeah. back at you. But um, before the last call, I guess we had called at the same time and Things that a little crossed up, but uh, this is kind of a, a quickie or a, a dichotomy or something, but it was uh, concerning forgiveness. Remember that just a few mm-hmm. minutes ago? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, it smacked me as to, well, what what is, what is, if you've been grievously abused, hurt, whatever, you know, uh, uh, and and you deal with that and and forgive that, but still back in the back of your mind, do you forgive yourself 
which is how it seems to be uh, easier to forgive someone else for something grievous than for us to forgive ourselves. And I'm going to hang up and get rid of the delay thing so I can hear if if that's okay. Sure, no problem. Thank you, Ray. Uh, I, th- I hope I know where, where you're getting at, Ray. The, the one thing that we, we want everybody to understand is, is, as a Christian, not forgiving yourself is the most prideful thing you could ever do. Um, remember, the, the, the enemy fell because of the sin of pride. And when, when we're, well, I can't forgive myself for doing that. I mean, we're, we're, we're actually taking the place of God. And we're denying his word, the promises that he's already made. Yeah. Uh, What I said was uh, being filled with the Holy Spirit enables me to be able to forgive. And so, yeah, and to be able to forgive myself because, yeah, the enemy wants to bring back those old thoughts. And what happens is it captures my mind and still makes me a prisoner of those and I don't get to move forward. And so I stay in the same morass of kind of poor me i was such a wretch and so um it's a matter of taking that thought captive no 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 second corinthians five seventeen. i'm a new person okay thank you ray paula we got we got an anonymous question from our email box i want to do it says pastor on and miss paula there's a girl that i've been wanting to ask out for about a year she's been shown faithful in her ministry and is solid in her biblical doctrine i want to ask her out but how do i know this is the lord's will and when do i know that it's time to ask her Today. <laughs> Today's the time. If you know this girl's reputation, she's proven faithful in her ministry, solid in her biblical doctrine, okay, what else? Yeah, and, and Anonymous, I would say this. If she says yes, it's probably God's will. If she says no, then you just keep moving on. Mm-hmm. And don't get your feelings hurt and don't take it personal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand disappointment, but at the same time, um, we, we who are Christians, we need to get less mystical about these things. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you're attracted to a girl, if she loves Jesus, I mean, why not? Yeah. There, there's absolutely nothing to lose except possibly the fear of being rejected. But go for it. You know, Christians ought to be the most forward-thinking people in the world when it comes to dating. No games, no apps. Mm-hmm. No, just just mm-hmm. go up and say, you know what? Uh, I've been watching your walk with the Lord, and I'm I'm blessed. And I thought maybe we could go out and get something to eat. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think we, we ought to be able to do that without this, well, how do I know it's the Lord's will? God brings people into your life, and sometimes you just have to take that step of faith. Just like, yeah, put your foot on the, on the, on the river, and he's going to stop up the water on each side. You're going to be all right. I love this. This is yeah. great. Please, please go for it. And, mm-hmm. and would, you, would you follow up with us? Let us know. You can send us an email again and let us know what she said and um, how it went. Mm-hmm. We'd love to know. Yeah, I love these things. Yeah, that's a great question. Yeah, Thank yeah. you very, very much. Hey, you've been listening to the Date Day edition of the Words of Stand On for Life. I'm Pastor Ron Arbaugh from Calvary Chapel in San Antonio, Texas. I'll be back tomorrow at 4 o'clock on AM 630, The Word. See you later. God bless you. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you on tomorrow. That's it, Monday. I mean tomorrow. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapel's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4 
And Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Well,